0: Hi, I'm Jamie Winker. Hi, I'm Dick Johnson. Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. You're listening to the V8, V8 Insiders.
1: Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Ravel. Four
0: different winners, but one eclipsed them
2: all. During that race, I was just thinking the right cars won, won this event, so... Uh...
3: You know, yesterday when I got tagged by James Courtney, I reckon he jumped in the car and saved that one for me too because just the way I was, <laughs> was going to save that one.
0: HRT is getting closer. Until we are as fast as, or if not faster
2: than those cars, then um, there's work to be done.
0: And Will takes the championship lead.
2: Who knows what December will bring, but we will certainly be fighting uh, extra hard to hang on.
0: That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Inside.
1: This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes.
2: Hi, this is Will Davison from the Pepsi Max Crew for Performance Racing, and you are listening to the V8 Insiders. Here is the news
0: brought to you by NoBRAC Carbon Fibre Products. Jason Bright has won the Jason Richards Trophy. Speaking after the race, the emotional bright said that JR was riding with him all weekend. Yeah, car eight, wanted to
3: win this race. You know, the whole team wanted to take that trophy back to Albury. I, uh, you know, I was awake last night thinking about it. He, um, you know, yesterday when I got tagged by James Courtney, I reckon he jumped in the car and saved that one for me too because the way I was... uh, I was going to say that one. It was um yeah, this, this weekend. All I thought about was winning that trophy. All the team thought about. So, yeah, very special.
0: You can hear more from Bridie on this week's White Flag Lap. Scott McLaughlin's first points victory was also an emotional one for the young driver, who now writes his name in the record books as the youngest ever V8 Supercar Championship winner.
2: It was pretty amazing, mate. We uh, come over the last couple of laps and everyone's cheering and stuff, it's quite hard to concentrate. And um, mate, when I came over the, that last time, was awesome. And uh, to see all this fans up and down, i take goosebumps. So it was um, like literally goosebumps, it was crazy. So, um, yeah, so I can't thank my boys enough, and uh, and my mum, dad, and, and everyone that got me here. It's
0: a big bad. Will Davison is now leading the championship by thirty-one points,
2: but he's not looking at defending his lead just yet. Uh, so much can change so quickly. So um, it's definitely encouraging. I expected um, these first rounds to be a little tough for us because you know haven't had got a great handle on the car, but we've we've dug really, really deep, and all the moments when it counts. And, uh, we've been able to have a really clean free run so far and win a race today. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I'm not going to say too much. I didn't expect to be leading now. So, um, who knows what December will bring, but we'll certainly be, uh, fighting extra hard to hang on.
0: Davison talked about Ford's lack of success at Pukekohe. Uh,
2: yeah, it's a, it's a cool stat to, to break that drought, but, uh, nine years, but we haven't been here since 07. So, uh. Yeah, there's obviously four years in there somewhere where they didn't. But I think Murph probably won all those races. So uh, um, we've got to keep it going now. But um, we've had a lot of Ford fans asking a lot of questions. It's been a bit of a Holden uh, whitewash so far. So that's um, no, it's good that we're showing such promise.
0: Wincup had a tough weekend. His battling with Frosty Winterbottom cost him 15 championship points. But he was still good enough to get one race win. But at the end of the weekend, the champion wasn't worried about his points position just the enormity of the event
2: um, I, for me personally I had a, a, a tough weekend but um, I just can't believe the, uh, the, this is a, one of the great motorsport stories that, uh, that's unfolded this weekend and um, not very good in positions like this but uh, nothing was stopping uh, car 8 today and um, yeah you know Joseph, all I say is he was a great bloke and um, I'm sure he have a massive smile on his face uh, seeing Brady cross the line
0: Garth Anders says that HRT is not back yet, but they are getting closer, with the team on the podium again this weekend.
4: cars car's got genuine speed. It was really good in the races. Um, you know, we went 13 to 5 this morning, and then the, the second today was great, but um, we need to find some more. I still think the BJR cars are the class of the field. Bridie showed that today. So, um, you know, we'll keep chipping away. Uh, Hopefully we can write our own fairy tale when we go to Perth in a couple of weeks.
0: Two interesting penalties over the weekend went to Triple Eight and Walkinshaw Performance when it was found that their mandatory stewards' cameras were not working. Walkinshaw Performance has lost 62 team championship points along with a semi-suspended fine of $10,000 whilst Triple Eight also lost well, a goodly proportion of that $10,000 and 75 team points. On Saturday, the safety car proved to have a few people guessing where their position might be, including Will Davison, who was battling with his teammate Frosty Winterbottom, and Garth Tander, who was battling with the FPR bottle Falcon of David Reynolds.
2: Yeah, it's bit sort of an awkward one, actually, um, particularly when it's a teammate, and you know he's a perfectly uh, good overtaking move. He'd, uh attempted to move into five, but so it was just as the back car was come out, so we're pretty much line astern. Um, so I was actually on the inside for turn six, which uh, I've done the previous lap and, and maintained my position. So, <laughs> uh, as I said, we were both side by side mid-overtaking move, and the safety car come out, so we were both sort of, at that stage, arguing as to whose position it was, but I just backed out of it, and obviously it was an awkward one for the team as well, so, um, you know, I just... I conceded the position, he probably had a bit more speed. Oh, a good yourself. Um, got up the inside of Dave and the next thing I saw was the plastic car boards, but I was in front of Dave and um, but those team basically said the same team just you know, I sat in front of him as we were going around on the plastic car and the team just had spotting behind. So um, yeah, that's one of those things sometimes it goes for you, sometimes it goes against you. Yeah, I mean I think it probably comes down to who was in front of the last timing line more than anything else and that was probably David, but I'd executed the, the pass as the factory car boards came out, but um, we passed them anyway and, and it wasn't a big deal, so i on the podium at the end there, so I have to go up and buy a of the rear, and um...
0: And finally, the latest edition of V8X magazine is now available. You can find it in stores or online through the Mag Store for the iPod edition. And that's the news for Nobrak Carbon Fibre product. Check out the entire range today at www.nobrak.com.au. That's N-O-B-R-A-C.com.au On this week's Flag lap, you'll hear my chat with Jason Bright following an emotional weekend. Up next, though, it's Mark Fogarty and Gordon Lomas.
1: News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Craig Lance. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
0: Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week, it's the editor-at-large of Auto Action, who also can be read right throughout the country through Fairfax Media. It's Mark Fogarty. Good evening, Mark.
4: Good evening, Craig.
0: How Uh, are we all? Not too bad, not too bad. And the man who, uh, well, he's certainly well-known in New Zealand with Speed Cafe NZ. And also, Gordo, a brand-new book coming out later this year, all about 75 years of motor racing at Bathurst.
2: Uh,
5: absolutely, certainly looking forward to that. It's a massive landmark in one of Australia's uh, landmark uh, motor racing uh, centres. Mm-hmm.
4: Well- Were you
5: there at the start, Gordo? Did you see the first race? I certainly feel like I I did uh, right at this very moment in time. But uh, no, it would have been uh, it would have been a sight for sore eyes watching Peter Whitehead run around and take the Australian Grand Prix in the ERA.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes, no, it would have been. An- one of our former colleagues, the late Mike Cable, was probably, well, if he wasn't at that first meeting, he was certainly almost there because he grew up in Bathurst, of course, and uh, famously used to talk about running across the paddocks to watch racing trackside at Mount Panorama, mm. or as I'm sure you've explained, used to be called Bald, the old, uh, was a Bald Hill? It was called Bald Hills. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely well... Great. Look forward to that So Craig Have you got a book so Coming out Analyzing topics Do you have for us today Yes
0: uh, I was going to say Do you have another book Coming out Because uh, you certainly Last time out With the Lounge book uh, Gave it a, a good shake
4: <laughs> Yeah I did try to promote it Surprisingly mm. Didn't I No No Nothing on the horizon Thank you very much mm.
0: Well what, enough One thing on the horizon Is the ecstasy Still out there At Albury Where bread brad jones racing has continued on its stellar early season form and a lot of people were saying it was just right last weekend the boc gases car number eight jason richards former teammate in in jason bright taking out the uh, jr trophy at the return to pookie gordo it was a cinderella story
5: oh look it was one of those sporting moments that was just right you know i mean if it had gone to any other garage, and I think even they would have uh, admitted that uh, it just wouldn't have been right. Um, you know, Jason uh, and uh, the Brad Jones racing team uh, winning the Jason Richards Trophy was just... Uh, it was full of emotion. It was one of, those, uh, one of those human interest stories that really tugged at the heartstrings and uh, motor racing in this day and age and in, in this category, I believe, really needs something like that to kick it along.
0: Mm. And of course uh, it was interesting, folks, where Jason said at the press conference that uh, he felt like when he got running wide off the track in the bump and shove of, uh, what was it, race number, I lose the track of eight, I think it was, that uh, he reckons JR got in there and saved the uh, car for him because he, he doesn't know how he did it.
4: The whole weekend was just full of poignancy, emotion and symbolism. I mean, you couldn't have written the script. Just as you couldn't have written a script of how the championship has started, who would have thought that Brad Jones Racing, the little team that would, could, and now can, has got up, and they're the giant slayers. They're uh, beating 888 and FPR, who were the only teams to win last year. And uh, both of those big teams have struggled to get in looking this year. Triple Eight's at least had two race wins, and uh, FPR, just the one, Mark Winterbottom was a bit stiff on the weekend I mean, you know, how's his luck, he had all the speed plenty of race winning speed but two run-ins with Jamie Wincup and two blown tyres boy, he's certainly run over a black cat or a few or a few um, to earn that sort of luck
0: mm. And he's been let off the leash a bit, Gordo because uh, he's certainly been very outspoken this year, he's He's had a joke with the media, and uh, he's also having fights with his teammate. Which, uh, personally, I thought Anthony Davison needs a lot of credit for the way he handled that whole little today.
5: Uh, Will Davison?
0: No, when he went at Anthony Davison in the pits. Or, or Alex? Oh, Alex sorry, Alex. Yeah, David I got David, his father yeah. there.
5: Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, grandfather, Richard, but anyway, oh, yeah,
0: grandfather, I should say.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Look, he um, was Lex.
0: Oh God. <laughs>
4: you want to have another go,
0: Craig? No, oh, let's quit Percival. now. Let's... Percival
4: Davison, is he in there somewhere? Yeah, let's
0: quit while I'm two laps behind.
4: Yeah, exactly. And...
5: <laughs>
0: so did no one else see that when uh, Frosty went at uh, complaining to Alex Davison in Pit Lane?
5: Uh, look, no, I must admit, uh, I, I certainly, uh, I certainly wasn't uh, wasn't
4: aware of that, and uh, wasn't abreast of it. Mm. Mm. It was interesting, though, at that period in the race. You're talking one of those races, one of the seven hundred thousand on the weekend, apparently. <laughs> that uh, Alex Davo was in front of Frosty and and Will, or Will and Frosty, before it switched. Um, that was interesting. It was a, a brief moment in the sun for for Alex, but it was a good effort. Been under a lot of pressure lately to perform after having been sidelined, but yeah, there's um, plenty of uh, intra-team rivalry going on at FPR at the moment. The only one who's sort of left out on his own at the moment, strangely, is David Reynolds, who um, just isn't quite there at the moment.
0: Mm. Well, you mentioned about the uh, 28,000 races you saw on the weekend. Four of them, of course, being V8 Supercar. Folks, the four race format four qualifiers, did that work better than in the first two rounds or even the uh, Grand Prix?
4: Um, Surprisingly it worked out remarkably well I mean, all four races were incident packed and um, brought forward interesting results, I mean not only Jason Bright winning in the end to take the Jason Memorial Trophy but, you know, Jamie Wincup ...scoring his first win of the year, you know... ...so far into the early season stage... ...it's unprecedented... ...almost since almost since he started with Triple Eight in 2006... ...when he won his first race... ...young Scott McLaughlin, a polished performance... ...um... ...it was handed to him a little bit... ...in terms of... ...um... ...frosty and... Uh, <coughs> ...excuse me... ...and uh, also Wind Cup... ...falling out... ...but, you know, he still won it with a very mature drive... ...um... ...so overall... Um, although it had the potential to be um, stultifyingly boring with 100 kilometres for each race and no tyre stops, um, it, t- it turned out to be a huge winner.
0: Do you think, Gordo, that it was the track or the format that got us the chaos which made, for instance, interesting races?
5: Oh look, I, I think they—I think they got a little bit lucky, to tell you the truth. Um, I'm not being critical here, but uh, the, tr- the, the nature of the track, um, being high speed, makes it a, a very, a very difficult place to uh, make uh, any overtaking manoeuvres, um, and particularly over a sprint race format. Uh, but uh, certainly you know from a from a viewer 's point of view i I certainly think there was enough action going on. There was enough people rubbing panels there was enough people pushing each other off the track and there was certainly enough passing um, at the right places to make it an interesting weekend so uh, but, you know, I'll say it again, I just, I really think they got lucky uh, rather than the format is an absolute watertight ball terror.
0: Mm. Of course, I said to Jason Bright, and people will hear his answer in the white flag lap, but I said to him, gee, they spent $6 million on that circuit for supercars to help them upgrade it. And uh, you think, folks, they would have been able to get some of the, rid of those, some of those bumps that were throwing cars off the track.
4: Don't get much for your six million bucks when you're upgrading a track these days do you <laughs> i mean considering that um tony quinn you know spent 20 25 for a whole track brand new down on the south island his highlands park um highlands motorsport park facility um yeah they didn't seem to get a lot for the six million particularly as they were dragging in half the infrastructure from the old hamilton street mm. track with the concrete barriers from there lining the track in very unusual places too like down the back straight where there's nothing on the other side except mm. a railway line so i'm not sure why they had to have concrete barriers and you know catch uh, safety you know catch fencing above it and all that but this pit lane was certainly a big improvement all the pit lane infrastructure transfers from hamilton so um yeah but i'm, I'm not seeing where the six million bucks is but apparently it's expensive Yeah, look, pit
5: pit lane's fine. Um, The the deal was $6.6 million to go back to Pukekohe on the premise that the track is upgraded to FIA Level 2. It is still, as it was, FIA Level 3. So, who's been duped? The Auckland Council don't think they've been duped, but $6.6 million, Okay. They've improved the pit area. It's been levelled. It's, con- it's been concreted. The dirt banks and, uh, and, and steps have gone. Um, ha- however, apart from the infrastructure that's come from Hamilton, which is the, the concrete barriers and catch fencing, and also some of the temporary grandstands, there is nothing else that you can visibly see that's been put into that circuit for six point six million dollars, and I think a lot of Aucklanders and a lot of New Zealanders, uh, for that matter, are asking a lot of questions right now.
0: What about scafies? Uh Don't call them s's.
5: Well, you know, um, uh, you know that, that that's the other thing apart from the. From the uh, from the high-speed chicane that's put in the back straight, uh, which is uh, you know the, the only modification to the track, um, it's it's the old pookie. The old pookie
4: is still there. Mm. If they're not S's, what are they? Well, they're, not, they're I not, think It's you, not a chicane, yeah,
0: apparently. I thought you were... Yeah, you weren't allowed to call them chicane or don't call them S's or something like that.
4: Well, uh, no, we can't... Con- predict his scaveness, can
0: we? No, but it did prove that he, he got two more Before passing we. points and that that was what they wanted. They needed a couple more spots to someone to force the issue and we, we saw Frosty and uh, Wing Cup drive into each other a couple of times going into that new corner or complex and uh, so you'd have to say it was a win. Will it be the second year and third year? I guess that's the big question, because the more people get the engineering refined, the more you'll see the haves and have-nots appear, folks.
4: There's always that risk, but essentially they haven't changed the character of the old Fukukoi track. Um, They've added a dimension to it, but they've by no means ruined it, which I think was um, the fear. Um, And as you pointed out, it did open up um, at least one more, possibly two more, um, overtaking areas, um, some more successful than others, um, and even there was a bit of overtaking going on down uh, into turn what is it uh, four? I guess you know the the tight right hand onto the back straight if you were you were brave. So um, this is all going to evolve, as you suggest, when the teams get more on top of the cars, and theoretically these new car of the future spec vehicles, you know, should should be a lot better at overtaking because you know, they're just a bit more sophisticated and they've certainly got you know, better tyres and bigger brakes um, so when they get to grips with them hopefully we can see more um, people dive bombing down underneath other people going into corners um, we're not quite seeing it yet although
0: We need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. Plenty more when we return.
1: You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine dedicated to just one thing: V8 Supercars showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage.
5: Hi, I'm Alexandre Prema from the Fujitsu JRM team and you are listening to the V8 Insider.
3: Welcome
0: back to the v Insiders, Fogues and Gordo. Joining me, Craig Ravel. and guys, uh, interestingly enough, we saw four different race winners. Which one was the best, Fogues? McLaughlin, Davison, Wing Cup or Bright?
4: That's a very good question. I I mean, the most emotional one and the the most important one was obviously Jason Bright in the final race to clinch the Jason Memorial Trophy. But I, I think McLaughlin's performance was truly impressive. I mean, he's been impressive so far this season, you know, for a rookie, essentially. And and as I said, he had the race handed to him a little bit, but he drove with um, extraordinary maturity, I thought, to take the victory. And, you know, it's just another example that, you know, whether it's by luck or by design, you know, the fact is that the car of the future rules have shaken things up. Um, it's still a Holden domination essentially, although Ford finally broke through to win a race with Davo um, <coughs> in, uh, in the third race of the weekend. But you've got other teams, not only BJR, you know, a, a team with a fraction of the resources of the big outfits. But even Gary Rogers has been there or thereabouts and up there. So, um, and as we've seen, you know, obviously with Shane van Gisbergen in the second race at um, in Adelaide, you know, Techno have been floating about. So. It certainly has shaken up the order, and um, and even, dare I say it, HRT looks like they're on the road um, back to, well, at least near the top anyway.
0: Good. I, I want to go back to that point in a moment, but which win was best?
5: Oh, look, I, I, think, um, I, I think that question can be easily answered by uh, it was definitely Jason Bright uh, winning the Jason Richards Trophy. Um, that was certainly the highlight of the weekend. The good thing is that... Um, Scott McLaughlin produced his record breaking win on a different day had they have clashed on the same day Scott's win certainly would have diminished um, under the emotional weight of Jason Bright's victory so the fact that Scott McLaughlin won his first V8 Supercar Championship race on Saturday was uh, quite, a, quite a good deal uh, of luck went into that um, he of course surpassed uh, Todd Kelly's previous record as being the, the youngest uh, championship winner of a V8 supercar race. Um, so Scotty, at 19 years of age, um, is now in the record books for all the right reasons. And, uh, hasn't he, you know, hasn't he hit the ground running in his first full-time career in the main game? You know, it's, it's so great to see. Uh, and, and he just handles himself so well, too. Very mature beyond his years.
0: Mm, every time I see him, he goes, still living the dream which uh, probably does sum it up for everyone and it's not lost on him. Uh, going back to that point you raised folks, HRT is looking like they're getting their act together. Of course, step 1, we don't do engines anymore, we buy them in. Step 2, well, we'll bolt in triple 8s front end and uh, get a few more bits and pieces from other people. This is a real turning point for Walkinshaw Performance and the HRT team they're no longer doing everything in-house and that's that's something that uh, I think is getting lost on a lot of people
4: Well, swallowing a bit of pride for sure but needs must um, they haven't quite abandoned building engines, what they've done is brought in Roger Higgins um, his outfit Innovate um, which has been synonymous with uh, building the engines for Dick Johnson Racing for several years and DJI's engines have been uh, long regarded as among the strongest in the field. Um, So they've brought in Roger Higgins as a consultant. They've outsourced some of the development, but they haven't given up building engines altogether. Um, And nor have they finally decided yet, although it's on the cards perhaps, but they haven't switched to the 888 front end yet, but they're thinking very seriously about it and negotiations are ongoing, but they also... Are looking at their own variation on that same theme but um, you would think the sensible thing would be just to buy the front end from triple eight just as other teams like bjr and nissan motorsport have done um and um, get with the winning front end um and move on from there but you know they seem to be making progress you know on the podium um in Pukekohe and some more upgrades i think uh, mainly engine upgrades coming for the the perth round in a uh, late next week uh, at Barber Gallo. So, um, you know, a lot of money has been spent this year. The Walkinshaws have actually put their hands in their pockets to um, fund all these new developments, long-needed developments that are going on. Um, they've had to do that because they haven't had the sponsorship to cover it. But, you know, they have to do it this year. The team has to move forward and has to become a contender again for both race wins and the championship. Although, and because if it doesn't, well, you just have to wonder how long the Walkinshaw Racing Organisation can retain the support and, and that much-prized title of the official factory team of Holden.
0: Well, it's interesting because uh, the Roland has been saying we're actually the official Holden entry. Now, he's saying that, of course, meaning that we're one of the two, but... It's certainly becoming apparent when you look at lines and crowds and merchandise, there's a lot of official Holden gear getting around that's all blue with a couple of red bulls on it. Got her?
4: Understandably, isn't it? Mm. You know, They are a factory-backed team, just like HRT. In fact, their levels of support are very similar, if not the same. And they're the ones in the Holden camp doing, well, were doing most of the winning. Mm. Yeah, look,
5: getting back to the original... Uh, Point of the question, um, I guess uh, if you look at the the whole nine championship races so far to date, um, while BJR have won four of those, two each to both Jason Bright and Fabian Coulthard, I don't think that any team, any of the leading teams at least, have found their level. Certainly BJR um, are at a level that everyone else has got to. But even even BJR haven't found their level yet. So in terms of HRT, uh, yes, yeah, sure, they're headed in the right direction. Um, and, uh, and to use Steve Hallam's words, um, it's about getting the process right, not getting the result. So just when that breakthrough win will come is probably not the issue right now, but they're certainly headed in the right direction.
0: Mm. Now, you mentioned nine races so far. That's in the championship. You tack on... Was it three or four at the Grand Prix? I've, I completely lost count. But it means out of the, the four outings we've seen of the V8 supercar so far, Gordo, this year, three of those outings have seen some sort of award at the end of the weekend. Of course, the JR Trophy this weekend at the Grand Prix, it was accumulated points from memory. And then at the Clipsal 500, the person who wins on Sunday, rightly or wrongly, is the winner of the Clipsal 500. Is it time we cut our losses and go back to round winners at the end of the weekend? The guy with either the most points or who wins the last race is crowned the winner of the weekend.
5: Well, I, I, it's, it's certainly a, a talking point. Um, and, you know, if it, if it wasn't for the Jason Richards trophy in Pukekohe, you would have four different winners. And no one of those winners, apart from Scott McLaughlin's history-making win as a 19-year-old, it was just a mishmash of four winners. Um, however, with that Jason Richards trophy attached, it, it, the, the focus and the spotlight was fairly and squarely on BJR and Jason Bright winning that, winning that trophy. Um, so it begs the question, um, if you've got a four-race format on a weekend, should there be a round winner? Well, in my opinion, yes, there should be. There should be a punctuation mark at the end of that weekend, and that punctuation mark should be the overall winner of that round.
0: Folks, you're in the position, you're trying to break through into the editors and get it in column inches in the paper. How much of a difference does it make between you having to write about four different winners and writing about Jason Bright winning the round or winning the JR Trophy in this case?
4: Not a lot. It's the story on the day. Sunday it happened to be Jason Bright winning the Jason Richards Memorial Trophy for the obvious reasons. Um, Had that not happened, it could just as easily have been Will Davison emerging from the weekend through the the carnage and the upset as the surprise championship leader and Jamie Wincup losing the championship lead. Um, We do have round winners, they're just race winners. Um, It was changed a few years ago. For reasonable reasons I think because it was just getting too complicated sometimes when you had overall round winners who didn't win a race um, at least now it's you know you win a race you win a round and it's clear-cut and it is unusual for Kikau is you know having four races yes there is a the potential to complicate things but still um, in my experience the story always emerges that you know it would have been one thing or the other one win, you know, is more exceptional than the others, and I think um, they should at least leave it that way because it's it's known and it, and it's simple. You know, we've got to simplify things. You know, it's been so much chopping and changing for the past several years that we really need to introduce some stability. So this concept of each event incorporating a certain number of rounds is at least consistent and easily understandable. Mm.
0: The big tick, though, was the qualifying. As opposed to when we saw them last year and when they did it and they said your lap fastest lap gets you this grid and your second fastest lap gets you another grid, I think the four qualifying sessions, each one equaling a race starting position, made a lot more sense.
4: Yeah, short and sharp. Can't beat it.
0: it. Mm.
5: Yeah, look, um, absolutely. I, I think uh, very decisive. It's black and white, um, you know, uh, not nice sessions that don't last forever, Um, 10-minute gap in between qualifying. You know, uh, as a paying punter, you've got to be happy with your bang for your bucks there.
0: Mm. Now, talking about the paying punter there, Gordo, New Zealand crowd, what was your feeling? It looked fantastic, but uh, do you reckon that it was going to be a sustainable level of crowd that we'll see back at Pookie?
5: Well, there's a few things to to that. Um, Look, the crowd was certainly healthy. Um, and, you know, there was, there was really decent crowds on Saturday, on both Saturday and Sunday. Um, however, having said that, in Murph's glory days, um, when we used to race at Pukekohe from 2001 to 2007, certainly in the mid-2000s, um, I've seen bigger crowds. Um, so it certainly wasn't what I would call... Record-breaking crowds at Puke. In terms of whether they can sustain that, I'm again, I'm not sure. I think it's a it, it's it's a difficult question because um, is Pukekohe the venue that we should be racing at? Really, I don't know. It's it's only a, a touring car circuit. Open wheelers can't race there because it's not safe enough. Motorcycles can't race there. They've walked away from the place because it's not safe enough. So. You know, history. You know, time will tell whether whether uh, you know this historic track um, will continue to get the crowds at uh, V8 Supercar
4: races.
0: Mm, I remember they 8 Supercars walking away from Phillip Island because it wasn't safe enough, folks. What do you think of the crowd?
4: Um, I have trouble with the claims of forty odd thousand on Saturday and then forty one thousand odd on Sunday. Um, you know, it was a healthy crowd, but I'm honestly it just didn't look. It just did not look that big, and the traffic didn't suggest that bigger crowd. But that's what they claimed. Although ironically, the claimed figures for Pukekohe this uh, last weekend were smaller than the claimed crowds for Hamilton, which they walked away from. So go figure.
0: Mm. Guys, always a pleasure to catch up with you both and, uh, well, certainly some interest as we head across the country this time. It's probably further in distance than what you just did to go to Perth.
4: It is, and it'll be a whole new ball game over there. The Barbagello track is an interesting one and a challenging track and it'll uh, open up a whole new potential for um, different sort of action and uh, I'm certainly sure that Garth Tander will be primed for that one mm. home track.
0: Thanks for your time,
4: Ah, uh, It's always a pleasure, mate. Mm.
0: The white flag lap is up next. It's Jason Bright. I hope you'll stay with us.
1: To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best riders and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now.
2: Hi, I'm Jonathan Webb from Techno Auto Sports. you're listening to V8 Insights.
0: On this week's White flag Lab brought to you by Fujitsu, Australia's leading air. We catch up with Jason Bright about winning the Jason Richards Trophy, and I started by saying it was an emotional win. Has it sunk in to Jason yet?
3: Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I, it's a track I enjoy, and uh, you know, I won back there in two thousand and four, uh, and know, Mirth owned it for quite a while. But to go there this year and, and uh, win the first one back there, and especially with the JR Memorial Trophy up for grabs for the first time it was it was a pretty special weekend it
6: obviously your relationship with JR was a special one so everyone in that team knew him so well i i guess they all were probably very emotional when you finished that last race
3: oh for sure you know we uh you know we went there and uh, you know, I don't know how many times I, I heard at the start of the weekend that you know one of our two cars has to bring that trophy home. We're going to do whatever we have to do to to bring it home. And uh, you know, the pace the cars have had and you know the, the results of the Grand Prix, the the, the the results in Tassie, you know, were looking good. But I made it hard for myself, and 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 so did Fabian. You know, he got he got the penalties and and stuff. So you know, it was. Uh, We made it a little bit harder for ourselves than what it should have been. Um, you know, I was pretty gutted Sunday morning when I qualified 12th for the, for the first race on, on Sunday and, and, you know, Will had qualified well up and then he had a pretty dream run in that race and ended up getting the win. So, you know, it, it made it quite a, quite a tense time, you know, between those races and, and, uh, you know, I just had to go out there in the last race. I really wanted to, if I was going to win the trophy, I really wanted to, to win it. With a with a win on the track and uh, you know for it all to sort of come off in the way it did, it was it was pretty special.
6: Looking at the way the format was run, are you happy to have the four races, four qualifyings and and that whole system for future events? And of course, this is the mooted formula for um, for uh, Austin
3: as well. Well, I mean, to be honest, I was I was a against it you know I you know I felt as though when we've had races without pit stops in the past and one of the reasons why I went to pit stops was to create more passing and a bit more strategy and and I, you know, I really thought that the new you know that this format was going to you know get a little bit processional but um you know if anything it, it surprised me you know I I think that one thing that did work on the weekend was, you know, very limited amount of tyres. You know, that that was that was probably why the grids were so mixed up, and that's why you see passing. You know, this sport, you know, like all motor sport, comes down to tyres. And you know, if you give everyone enough tyres and tyres that last really well, then you know, I think the racing becomes quite boring. But as it was, you know, there was uh, you know very different grids for every race. Um, you know, and, and I qualified in several different positions and had to do a lot of passing and it's, it's really put an emphasis on passing in the, ra- in, on the track rather than using strategy or, or anything else during the race or good good put, put pit, put pit stops. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a convert in a way. I think that it is working better than what I expected. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's only going to be used for X and events. You know, our enduros, uh, are always going to have pit stops and, and, Fuel refilling, and and uh, and so are the the larger street races um, like Townsville and Adelaide, Homebush. You know they're always going to have the pit stop. So you know, it, yeah, I I uh, I'm not I'm still you know the jury's still out a little bit, but I think that it is working very well and, and providing some good racing.
6: Mm. Roland said to me after Tassie, the Sunday at Tassie, he didn't think that format worked at Tassie. Obviously, with you guys winning the races. Uh, you might have a different opinion, but it certainly seemed a lot better at Pukekohe than it did on the Sunday at um, at Tassie.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's funny you should say that because it was his idea. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think that, yeah, I, I think that at Tassie, it's just a track that's so hard to pass, you know, and, uh, and you know, there's no de- tyre degradation, you know, and they're the two things that, that do create passing and, and, uh, you yeah, know, so I, we, we'll see how it works at different tracks. You know, I think Perth will be, you know, great. You know, it'll be, I think, we're on the soft tyre and, and, uh, degradation there is, is very high. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it pans out over the next couple of rounds. You know, I was a bit worried at, at Pookie that, you know, we were on the hard tyre and, and that it could become quite processional. But, you know, it was, the track, that track's pretty hard on tyres. So even though that we're on the hard tyre, it, uh, it still did provide some, uh, you know, some some good passing opportunities late in the race. Mm.
6: Now, of course, their Supercar Supercars spent six million dollars on upgrading the track. You don't reckon they could have taken some of the bumps out of it?
3: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you know, it's much more expensive than that to to resurface a track. You know, the the, the little section of turn eleven, um, sorry, ten eleven there, where the worst bumps are, and you know, they they had a go at that. Um, back in 2006 or seven, and and, yeah, and failed pretty miserably at, uh, at getting rid of the bumps. And I think it was basically um, Pookie saying, you know, this is this is part of my character. You know, it's, um, it is just a, a bumpy track. Uh, you know, when we first drove out there on, on Friday, uh, you know, it, it, I couldn't believe how wild it felt driving around that track. Again, you know, compared to a lot of the circuits that we go to, it is... It is a very wild track. You know, it's a wild ride onto the straight, wild ride off the main straight. And, uh, you know, very exhilarating track. So, you know, the bumps are part of it. Um, You know, maybe one day it'll get a, a good service over the top. But, you know, it's it's a very expensive exercise to go and do that. And, you know, I think they did well with the the improvements they've, they've done. They've provided a couple of extra passes, or at least one extra passing spot with that um new section. And, you know... I think it all worked pretty well. A
6: mm-hmm. couple of race wins this year. You can't be uh, too upset about the way the Car of the Future is being managed over at BJR?
3: No, it's going really well. I mean, you know, as a team, we had more to gain from Car of the Future than than any other team. Um, you know, we, we were probably lagging behind a bit with our suspension, um, you know, but with Car of the Future on its way, it was, uh, you know, you just had to hold off and wait for that rather than sort of Updating and and spending a lot of money that was going to go out the window, uh you know, in in the near future. So, um yeah, we we did have more to gain. Our rear end was was probably the oldest in the field. The the front end we were using wasn't the benchmark um, front end. And you know, the, the VF body kit is now a match for the Ford aero kit. So, yeah, I think as a team we got three good games. Uh, whereas not every team got as many games, but you know it's it's amazing how those sort of small things move you from a you know just a top ten team to you know a very um, you know the, the, to the front of the field. You know the, the, we're, I think every team at the moment, you know every comment that I hear is you know the BJR is the benchmark at the moment, and um, you know that, that's pretty pretty satisfying, you know, considering we haven't even done a test day yet besides Eastern Creek, which everyone did, and there's teams that had cars finished six months before us, so, you know, hats off to to everyone involved.
6: Now, heading over to Perth, it's a track that, gee, you've had some of the worst nightmares you could possibly want when you're a team owner there, but you've also had your share of successes.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a good track to me in the past as a driver, that's for sure, um... And, uh, you know, I think the way the car's working at the moment and its tyre life, it should work extremely well there, you know. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it bit me a couple of times as a team owner, but, yeah, know, I've still got fonder memories of Perth than, uh, than bad memories, you know. It's, it's, it's uh, it's, it is a bit of a happy hunting ground for me, so, yeah, we we've, know, we've, we're still chipping away at this championship, you know. There's, uh, we gave away a lot of points at Adelaide with a pretty bad start to the year, and, and we've made, I'd say a bit of ground, but uh, you know, a good run of the next couple of rounds would, um, you know, would, would put us back in, in where I think certainly
6: the car's will be. Mm. Well, Jason, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Look forward to seeing you over there in Perth.
3: Cheers, mate.
0: My thanks to Bridie there, also to Fogues and Gordon Lomas, as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now.
1: Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.